This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knauss. With me, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Jared, one guess. Who do you think is the pickup of the day for last night? An under-the-radar player who just may have, have surfaced. I think it might be Anthony Simons after last night's you are correct. brilliant 43-point explosion. You are absolutely correct. That would be our colleague Steve Alexander making the obvious call of Anthony Simons as pickup of the day. For our season tools, he's only 17% rostered, but listen, that number is going to skyrocket. So if you're if you're listening to this and you still haven't checked whether he's available on your waiver wire, stop what you're doing and go check. There's more reason than simply one one-off 43-point game. Uh, we'll get to the reasons why that may prove sustainable later in the podcast. Right now, I want to talk about an unfortunate development, however, which is Jimmy Butler getting hurt at the very end of last night's slate. I think it was the final game I was watching, and he came down awkwardly. It was a non-contact move, kind of rolled his ankle. So that's what I'm hoping, that it's just a mild sprain, something like that. But it didn't look great. He needed to be helped off the court by teammates. He couldn't put any weight on it at all as he was hopping off. So you got to think there's some time he's going to miss here. We've seen him miss games earlier in the season. So why don't you walk me through who might benefit if Jimmy does indeed miss time here? Yeah, we've seen this before. Pretty much going to be Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry are going to be taking control of the offense. And Max Struess, who did not play last night, but he went into quarantine exactly a week ago. And with the new rules that a player can clear quarantine within five days, if they can show CT levels below 35, don't ask me what a CT level is then he should be back very soon. And he's a guy that can, as we saw earlier this year, he can basically win you three-pointers by himself. So that's a guy that I would go to the waiver wire to grab. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And Gabe Vincent should be back soon from protocols as well. Both of those guys benefit. Struess seems a little more, yeah, long-term value potentially for as long as Butler's out, at least. Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry, it's mm-hmm. more just, okay, that's a bonus if you already have them on your roster. Both of their their usage should go up, right. shot attempts go up, that kind of thing. So, but here here's hoping none of this plays out, and it was it just looked worse than it was. But not a good look for the Heat or Jimmy, a team, however, that is not struggling at the moment. One of Jimmy's former teams is the Bulls, and they have won eight straight. They have a twenty five and ten record, makes them the top team in the Eastern Conference. They have a two game lead now over the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. You know, they've weathered a, a slow start from Vooch, uh, incorporating all those new pieces. They took some flack over the offseason for paying DeMar DeRozan what they paid him, some questions about how ball would fit in that backcourt. But here they are sitting on top of the conference. They beat the Magic on Monday. Uh, they didn't even need a DeRozan buzzer beater to do it. It was 102 to 98. Alonzo uh, Ball returned from protocols. He played 32 minutes in his first action since December 20th. 
He shot one of eight, so some rust from the field, scored three points, but he did have seven boards, seven dimes, three steals. That's what you're looking for as a fantasy manager. What, anything else jump out at you from this game from Chicago's side of things? Yeah, we saw Kobe White get 35 minutes off the bench and put up 17 points mm -hmm. on 11 shots with two three-pointers. That's all well and good. He pretty much filled in with Javante Green going down for the next two to four weeks. So there's going to be minutes there. But the thing is, is we got an update from Billy Donovan yesterday, a very encouraging update on Alex Caruso saying that he's doing great in his recovery and he's basically just one practice away from getting back to the court. So once Caruso does indeed return, I think basically all these 35 mm -hmm. minutes go to him and White's going to be more of a fringe part of the rot rotation, maybe low 20s kind of kind of role. And when his minutes are in the low 20s, he's simply not able to produce because he's a guy that needs a lot of usage pivoting quickly to Caruso, I think with that update, with him being relatively close, he should be picked up pretty much everywhere because he's a guy that's putting up mid-round value on the season and a guy that can win you steals by himself. So uh, that would be my takeaway from that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that. And I would have thought that Caruso was already rostered in, in every league, but I just looked and he's only slightly over 50% in Yahoo. So I, I mm -hmm. you know, I think the natural reaction to him going on protocols was people said eh, he's just a specialist and cut him in many circumstances well now is the time to go get him because he's really not just a specialist although his you know primary thrust of his value comes from steals he's still going to chip in across the board we've seen him put up some nice all-around stat line so more than purely a steel specialist so definitely go get him if you have to cut kobe white for all the reasons you just said jared i'm Perfectly fine making that move now, you know, before the minutes fall off and, and a hot waiver wire is already gone. Let's move on to the outrageous scoring portion of the program. But first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus. You can get every tool for every game that includes fantasy, DFS, betting. All our premium tools are included for any sport, uh, one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% by an annual subscription. We've made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. All right, moving on to the aforementioned scoring bonanza. It was the Hawks versus Blazers. These teams scored a combined 267 points in regulation. Defense, needless to say, was non-existent, but fantasy managers aren't complaining. First of all, Trey Young scored an NBA season-high 56 points in a loss. Shocking stuff, but he didn't have much help. The Hawks roster was decimated. Trey shot 17 of 26 from the field, 7 of 12 from deep, 15 of 15 at the line. He also had 14 assists. He became the first player with 50 or more points and 14 or more assists in a game since James Harden in 2016. Uh, there's not much else to say. I mean, he was phenomenal, you know, despite the fact that everybody knew, all, you know, all the offense was going to be on him. The Blazers couldn't do anything about it. He's truly phenomenal. And I said, I've said a couple times this season, I, it, I didn't understand going into drafts why people seemed kind of indifferent to Trey Young this year. There wasn't much enthusiasm about getting him on fantasy teams, but you know, as last night showed, it is an exaggerated example, but he's an absolute fantasy beast. Yeah, 100%. Yep. 
and you've got nothing else really going on for the Hawks. You had Clint Capello shot, well, I shouldn't say that. Capello was 10 of 10 from the field for 22 points, 11 rebounds. That must have warmed your heart, Jared. It did. Kevin Herter also had a good game in his first game back from quarantine, 18 mm. points and I think two dimes or something. And uh, he's he's obviously going to see some a lot more ball handling and, and playmaking coming his way with pretty much everyone in quarantine in Atlanta who has a contract. <laughs> Does Onyeka Okongwu do anything for you? I, I know our colleague Jonas is, is pretty high on no. that. Nothing? No. That, as long as Clint Capella is healthy, yeah. he won't do anything. My problem... It's just yeah. not going to happen. I'm with you with the Capella happen. thing. Like, if you put Okongwu on the Sacramento Kings or something, absolutely, you know, pick him up immediately. But he's just not in the right situation. So, yeah, despite some promising upside, I don't think you can make a move there just yet. The Blazers side of things, we mentioned Anthony Simons, who exploded for 43 points. He shot 13 of 21 from the field, 9 of 16 from deep, had 7 assists, a pair of rebounds in 38 minutes. It was quite the performance. He hit, I believe, six straight free throws down the stretch to ice it. It felt like a game that could spark Simons. Now, the context, obviously. CJ McCollum was out. He's still recovering from a collapsed lung. He's out indefinitely. As far as we know, he was supposed to be reevaluated recently, but we haven't heard anything. And then Damian Lillard was also out. Right. Potentially resting abdominal ten- tendinopathy, but there might be more to it. Uh, Coach Chauncey Billups was kind of vague and ominous after the game. He said to reporters, quote, that thing, referring to the injury, has been up and down. We'll probably know more sooner than later. And that is not necessarily a quote that sounds like someone who just sat out a game mm. for precautionary purposes. What do you what do you make of this situation, Derek? It's a little bit concerning that it's an ongoing issue. I believe Dame has said that this has bothered him for a long time. So, yikes. Not great. He did have that cortisone mm-hmm. injection earlier this year to try to push through the pain. A cortisone injection is just numbing you. It's not It's not fixing the problem. And I don't know. I, I am. It's weird that Dame is having this kind of off year, but he, he does show these flashes. But yes, I, I guess I guess for the first time ever in fantasy hoops, I'm a little bit nervous about Dame. I mean, as you should be, and you said it, he's been dealing with this for years at this point. The The cortisone injection was just a trying to buy time type thing. And we're now only a, I maybe want to say two, three weeks removed from that injection. So he's back on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Billups sounded a little bit defeated about it. Yeah, it's just not good. And then you look at the Blazers and they're sitting 12th in the West with a 14 and 22 record. Now, I know things are pretty tight in the standings, but to me, this starts to add up to for the first time as a fantasy manager, I'm looking at Damian Lillard and thinking he might be a shutdown risk. He's, you know, he's got a chronic injury that he cannot shake. That is, he's famously played through pain so many times in the past. This is obviously you know unsettlingly painful for him and then he's got a team that's 12th in the west if they get much worse say he has to miss a couple weeks and his team loses more games things are looking pretty bleak all of a sudden as we approach the all-star break so is that a thought that's entered your mind yet or or am i crazy for even associating lillard and shutdown in the same sentence (laughs) i don't think it's crazy given the situation but portland does this a lot they usually start off slow they've been a play-in team 
I, I don't think I could say multiple seasons because I think last year might have been the first year. <laughs> but they're only 3.5 games yeah. out of the yeah. eighth seed and just one game out of making the play-in tournament. So plenty of opportunity there. We've seen Dame basically just go nuclear and just carry his team. Maybe he can do that again. I, we've also not seen him deal with a consistent injury like this. So I'm not going to panic quite yet. Portland still is right there. We we don't know when CJ McCollum's going to be back. That's kind of a major issue. But with all this turbulence and chaos and key guys going down, I think the the key takeaway is, is you should have Anthony Simons on your roster. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, who else? Like Ben McLemore, no thanks. He's just hollow scoring, maybe some three-pointers. Dennis Smith Jr., we saw that experiment earlier when, when Dame was out, and it, it didn't look very good. So I'm I'm with you there. I'll throw another name into the mix, and not necessarily in the backcourt, but I think Nasir Little is so much better than his roster rate speaks to. I, I have said this before, but I don't understand why he's currently rostered in under 20% of Yahoo leagues. Last night, he had 22 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 9 boards, 2 dimes, a steal, 4 of 5 from deep. The writing is on the wall here. I said it before, the Blazers need guys who want to compete. They need a you know long, athletic, switchable wing. They've got it in Nasir Little. If he's got three-point range, so much the better. At worst, defensive specialist. At best, he's a mid-round fantasy guy who just grabbed off the waiver wire. So why are we not picking him up, people? Go get him. All right, moving on from that game. Oh, also, we should mention that Nurkic was back from protocols. He had 21 points, 12 boards, five times, a steal, 26 minutes. Seems like he's right back where he should be. Uh, his minutes were trending down a little bit. I was just going to ask you, how do you feel about Nurkic rest of season? His minutes were kind of flagging earlier, uh, but he's coming off, you know, just returned, had 21, 12, and 5 in 26 minutes. Is, is he a guy you expect to reach his ADP and be a top 40 player? Or? It would just surprise me if he didn't. I don't understand mm. why. I mean, it does seem like he is not going to be a shot blocker this year, which is certainly strange. It has to be some sort of scheming thing. But he's been a really good rebounder if he can keep up the playmaking like that. And he has been, I think close to a career high in steals, if not a career high. So while the blocks aren't there, the steals have been. I'm relatively fine, relatively fine with what he's been <laughs> doing. I would All like right. more. I would like to see more of, of what he did last night. That would that would make me happy. <laughs> okay, so you're not necessarily a buy low kind of thing, but you, you just stay the course, basically, if you have him on your roster. All right, yeah, that's fine. Hey, not everything needs to be... Uh you know, all one direction or the other. We can move on, oh, to another messy situation. But first, take a break and download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's completely free, can't stress that enough, NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Magic, Spurs and Celtics, and Nets and Pacers. So if you do not yet have the Predictor app, download it now, please. All right. Now, you wanted to talk about Houston. I'll let you just kind of launch into this. What do, what, what do we got? Yeah, everything is a mess in Houston. Um, 
Kevin Porter picked up one of his favorite pastimes. He upgraded from throwing food to a chair, and Christian Woods straight up dipped out during halftime, and both of them got suspended, and we saw what life in Houston looks like without them, and it was a pretty much a disaster, except for Jay Sean Tate, who is like the only consistent guy on this team. He continues to just bring a little bit of everything to the box score. I don't really like where he's ranked. I think that this is one of the guys where the rankings don't quite capture his value. But last night, he put up 14 points, three boards, five dimes, a steal, and two blocks over 28 minutes. I love those types of stat lines. I love I love these kind of players that just give you a little bit of everything. Maybe the scoring comes and goes, but pretty consistent everywhere else. And Jalen Green, unfortunately, I was expecting a little bit of an explosion from him with both KPJ and Wood not even in the arena. That wasn't the case. It was 12 points on 3 of 12 shooting. But I I still have faith in Jalen. He was coming off a string of 20-point games with efficient scoring and triples. I acknowledge that the stat lines have been maybe a little bit empty outside of those categories, although he has shown us flashes of the ability to generate blocks from the guard position and maybe get a reasonable amount of dimes. We're not talking five, but we're talking, you know, maybe three to four here and there. I just really like his second half potential. And I'm going to give him a pass for for that little bit of a stinker because he was trending up when he came back from from that hamstring injury. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, as you mentioned, the 12 points on 12 shot attempts last night and... Jalen Green burned countless DFS managers who were expecting that that huge game that you reference. It, you know, it's really like volume is going to be there for him. Last night, it wasn't 12 shots. Houston was extremely equal opportunity. None of their players got more than 13 shot attempts. But volume is going to come. He's a number two pick on a terrible team. He's They're going to put him in every opportunity to succeed, especially late in the season, you know, Try him as a point guard. Try him switching this, that, like all sorts of stuff. Now, is that going to lead to inconsistency? Probably, because he's a a new player to the league, surrounded by a rotating cast of teammates with a role that's changing. Like, there's so many different variables here. So it doesn't shock me that he's been inconsistent. He was trending up in a major fashion since returning uh, from that hamstring injury recently. So definitely give him time. However... You know, even though I I know the opportunity will be there as an eight cat, nine cat manager, I'm also fine trying to sell high. If he has a couple more really hot games and someone's willing to give up a top 50 value for him because of that mystery box rookie appeal kind of thing, I'm taking that because, yes, he's trending up and maybe he becomes an efficient 25 a night scorer with some with some extras. But that's not what we've seen so far, except for a very small sample size. So uh, I'm fine trying to parlay this into a a better, more consistent player, I should say, for the for rest of season. I'm always in favor of trading mystery box upside for known upside. Mm. And uh, people love mystery box upside, so you can typically get good deals off of that. Real quick, Garrison Matthews did come back from protocols, and he uh, was one of the other good players. He had 23 mm. points on 10 shot attempts, four triples, seven of, nine, seven of eight at the line, seven rebounds. How do you feel about about Garen Ma- Garrison Matthews coming back? <laughs> you know, like a I'm proud of proud of the journeyman for working his way into a four year eight million dollar contract. But seriously, like fantasy wise, I have no interest. He's 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 been great for them in the real world. 
you know, he was critical to that win streak that they went on while Jalen Green was out. Uh, his perimeter shooting is absolutely crucial for them on the court. He's a pretty hard-nosed defender in that sort of vein, but it, for fantasy, he does nothing for me. His scoring was down. If he's not hitting three-pointers, he's probably not scoring a lot, and, you know, across-the-board stats are just lacking. So I don't see the upside. I'm perfectly fine cutting him or leaving him on the wire, whichever may be the case in your league. All right, elsewhere, let's see. Philly, Joel Embiid got his third career triple-double. This was in the win versus Houston. Philly put up 133 points in regulation. I tell you, not a lot of defense in some of these games, Jared. In any case, Joel Embiid, phenomenal play. He's now scored 30-plus points in four consecutive games. That's the longest streak in his career. This is what we expected when we drafted him. I mean, we knew it was all about staying healthy, and so far he's done that. The only games he's missed, I think, were due to COVID. So he is living up to the billing. He's been absolutely fantastic. I don't know if there's anything more we need to add about Mr. Joel Embiid these days. He got, let's, yeah, he got, yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. He got, That's pretty much it. <laughs> hot takes. Uh, Matisse Thibel and Tyrese Maxey were in quarantine. They just entered it. So, or Maxey did. So Furkan Korkmaz got the start. He was solid. He had a game high 24 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 11 rebounds, six dimes, three triples, one steal, zero turnovers in 36 minutes. This could be his best fantasy line ever. So I'm not buying it, but like streaming value, sure, right? Is is that where you come down? Yeah, as long as these key players are out, as long as he's in the starting lineup, earning minutes in the 30s, yeah, he can be valuable. What is this? Uh, Philly only has two more games this week, Wednesday and Friday. So keep that in mind if you're going to go to the waiver wire and add him. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense because if you already have full lineups on the busiest days of the week, Wednesday and Friday are two of the busier ones, then he conceivably could be giving you zero games. So yeah, definitely check the schedule before you do that. And I had a schedule note. So on that topic, the only teams that play going forward Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday this week, which are the lightest days, they all have six or fewer games. The only teams to play on all three of those light days are the Grizzlies and the Suns. So Grizzlies probably already flew off your wire. They had five games this week. Everybody knew that coming in. So, you know, all the all the most likely fringe Grizzlies are gone, I would assume. If not, go, go get them. But uh, definitely keep an eye out for Memphis and Phoenix when you're streaming roster spots in your league because, you know, they might enable you to max out games played. Oh, all right. This is... Another one for you. I think we. I, I see we coming up. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. I'm just like, going to give you no segue here, fellas. Clay Thompson is going to make his season debut on Sunday. Woo! Oh, I can't believe it. I can't. <laughs> Ooh, it's been more than two years since we saw this man, man go down in Game Six of the Finals when he tore his ACL and literally tried to run back to the court <laughs> to finish the game. He was jumping up and down that game, trying to prove he was fine. And then they were like, Clay, just like, let the adrenaline get out of your... And then he would... And then we saw that horrific shot of him um, being helped out of the arena, basically yeah. not able to walk. But he's back, my friends. He is back after both an ACL and Achilles tear. What does that mean in fantasy hoops? 
it means you're going to be frustrated because <laughs> I think he's going to be brought back uh, incredibly slowly. I don't think he's going to play in any back-to-backs at all this season. And uh, I think the ramp-up process is going to be quite slow. I am incredibly excited to see this man return to the floor as an unhinged Dubs fan. But hmm. I am reasonable enough to not have him on any of my fantasy rosters uh, just because I think it's going to be a little bit of a headache. I am marginally nervous about how he impacts Poole and Wiggins, although with the way Poole has played this year, I'm a little bit less nervous about him. But I do think once he is fully up to speed, um, that's the end of the road for Damian Lee and certainly Otto Porter Jr., uh, anything you'd like to add to Mr. Clay Thompson getting back to the court by the end of the week? Well, I can't match your excitement or enthusiasm for it. It's also, I mean, listen, anytime a guy makes that kind of injury recovery and then gets hurt again and, that, and then needs to work all the way back and he's in his prime and you're seeing all these lost opportunities, like it stinks as a fan of the game. And to see a player, like he's so fantastic two ways. It's like, I, I love those two-way players where, you can watch them on defense and it's just as impressive as, as watching them on offense. Well, with the exception of like Clay's 30 point quarter or whatever that was, like nothing can match that. But how many, how many points was that anyway? Not off the top of my head. It was, it yeah, was something it, yeah. like 36 and a quarter. It That's what broke Mello's so. record. It was beautiful. Insanity. But to get a player of that caliber back on the court is so much fun. And to see him come back to a team that's already found this new identity that's playing so incredibly well, even without him. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun as a fan of the game. But as you said, for fantasy, I don't see a lot of like upside here. You're going to have uh, obviously Jordan Poole, I think, takes a hit. And then Gary Payton, the second, uh, he's going to just suddenly go bye bye, I think. Uh, you know, direct hit to his minutes. He's already a solid guy whose defensive stats are reason enough to, to hang on to him. And maybe he can hold on to specialist value, but, you know, he's been a very hot pickup lately. I think that all kind of comes to an end. And as you said, you're going to have to watch out for the back-to-back -back situation. So maybe Peyton becomes more of a streaming player in those back-to-back -back games when Clay is out, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, great in reality. Great for those of you who drafted Clay Thompson and had the foresight to kind of stay afloat for the first month or a couple months of the season here. Um, but yeah, for fantasy, a little overall, a little frustrating, I'm sure. Moving on to a player who also is coming back to the court. And, oh, you're just uh, as excited, right? Get hyped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, he is going hey. to play on Wednesday. The still unvaccinated Kyrie Irving is going to play on Wednesday. I've been getting a lot of questions about, do I think he's going to be an asset or a headache? Um, so I looked at Brooklyn's schedule for the rest of the season. And uh, just keep in mind, he can only play in away games. Okay. So just rather than list these, I'll tell you. One time in week 16, he will have four games. Now, this is assuming no injuries, which is probably a terrible assumption given Kyrie's injury history. Um, but aside, oh, sorry, he has two four-game weeks in week 14 and week 16. That's it. Other than that, it's ones and twos. And then when we get to the playoffs, even worse. <laughs> if your playoffs start week 19 and end week 21, he starts with a one game and then has 
two two games throughout the playoffs it's just one or two games he will never exceed that i'm also curious if he'll be allowed to play in new york against the knicks that's kind of an interesting one because he is a mm-hmm. visiting player so technically he makes the loophole but i'm curious about that because if he's not allowed to play in new york against the knicks in week 18 he will have zero games so i just think that this could be a little bit more manageable in a roto league where you can kind of plug them in here and there. But in a head-to-head setting where this guy is taking up an active roster spot for one to two games every week, I do not see that being useful. Um, I mean, I would rather have Dennis Schroeder than Kyrie Irving. Actually, I uh, I put together a, a list of players I would rather have than Kyrie Irving and if you're just listening, that sound you heard was was Jared rustling a physical piece of paper. It is everyone. I would literally have <laughs> anyone other. I would rather have Lori Markinen than Kyrie Irving. So if you would like to give oh, any um, positive opinions about this guy, oh boy, <laughs> go for it. Um, but you'd rather. Well, I won't even get into the would you rather. You just said everyone. So there you go. Um, Lori Markinen. I would oh, rather man. have Lori Markinen than Kyrie Irving. Listen, do I have anything positive? Sadly, no, except for that one four game week you mentioned in week 14. I would love for some positive things to come out of this situation <laughs> as someone who accidentally auto drafted him. I don't want to get into it, but I have him on one roster. <laughs> I forgot about that. In the, in yeah, the second yeah. round. <laughs> and it's a terrible league to have him in because there's a, a shallow bench. It's just a nightmare. So what I've done recently, I kept thinking, well, there's got to be a point in the season when it's going to look promising. He's coming back. And that's the moment when I'll trade him and get like something for him. So I've recently floated trades. Now I'm aiming high, which is saying something, but I've, I'm trying for Kyle Lowry. (laughs) I'm trying for Derek white. I'm trying for like, you know, that second tier kind of point guard guys and nothing just blanked, blanked, blanked because I'm, Floating these to savvy fantasy managers <laughs> who want like Steve and Dan Bresbris and stuff and people who want nothing to do with it. Um, and I don't blame them because I don't either. You just mentioned the games played. <laughs> now, did you take into account the fact that he's not going to be able to play in Toronto and they do have a road game in Toronto? Oh, I didn't. So that one means fewer. one of these weeks is a possible. No yeah, gamer. or one of those yeah, fours so. <laughs> goes to three or whatever it might be. Point being, it's awful. Right. And yeah, when you do the math, of one game of Kyrie versus three games of Dennis Schroeder, say, or two games of Kyrie versus four games of whoever you want to stream that week. Doesn't matter. Gabe Vincent. It, it's not going to come out in Kyrie's favor unless he just goes nuts, which is possible. But at the same time, this is a guy who's very rusty. But I mean, literally... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, literally, if he goes nuts, let's say he puts up like a 50-piece. I can get 50 points from four games of Dennis Schroeder. Like, that's not out of the question. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at, like, a guy who's going to give you one or two games. Pretty much every streamer can beat those numbers. So I guess in a practical sense, people are going to have Kyrie Irving on their rosters, right? He's a, I assume his roster rate is somewhere close to 90 to 100. So what are we telling people? Like, literally, I'm trying to trade him for... Anything, anything moving, anything with with for sure top 100 value. I'm like, okay, fine. Give me that. 
here here's what I would tell people. He's going to open with a one game week. He's going to have another one game week, but in week 14, 2 weeks from now, he has that four game week. So that's when you can look to unload him, either before or or after. Maybe before because people will be looking at the four game week and think it's right. special. Um, not everyone's going to know his entire schedule. So it, the move, I mean, is certainly to sell. And for me, it's to sell for literally anything. So I would take anything I could get. And I would wait for for at least these two games to happen to get his value a little bit higher. And then you then you take Listen, what you can get. I'm depressed about it as a <laughs> as an I as an unwilling uh, <laughs> Irving manager. I wish I had more positive spin to put on this because right now any like anyone listening to this podcast is going to probably come away with the impression, "Oh, I'll never trade for Kyrie. Why would I do that?" And a lot of our blurbs have a similar tone and it's not that we're trying to send the message don't roster him or don't trade him we're just being realistic this is what it looks like and when you're a part-time player who refuses to get vaccinated yeah. and will only be playing on the road it's just not a good or really practical look for fantasy plus you have to figure some of those road games are going to come on the busiest weeks of or the busiest days of the week now you're bumping another player from your roster so it's like you know the opportunity value is being right. lost and, and you can't stream that Kyrie spot to get games to increase your max games so there's a, a whole trickle effect of having him that is just negative really for fancy man it's an unprecedented situation but not one i'm happy yeah. to have a share in put it that way but he's coming back i mean for basketball i guess it's fun it's good <laughs> for the nets i suppose yeah fascinated to see what this looks like in the playoffs fascinated yeah i'm just actually <laughs> that so is everyone jared would sure. rather have Let's than Kyrie irving hey i don't want to go out on a negative <laughs> note but that's where we're ending the show <laughs> if you enjoyed it rate and review us on itunes or spotify <laughs> thank you as usual for listening jared it was a pleasure i'm glad that you could hear me for most of the show if not the first <laughs> the first couple moments we'll talk to you next week <laughs> Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.